Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Spawn of Me podcast. This is your host, Khalif Adams. We are rocking for another week here in Chicago. We're super excited to have you all here with us and listening here in broadcast land, in x-ray land, in twitch land, in podcast land, in all the lands that you occupy here in Chicago. We are super excited to have you here and rocking with us this week. We have lots of cool stuff to talk about during this show. Uh, we took a week off. I needed just some time to not think about making content because it is crazy out in these streets. It's a lot of stuff that has to happen within a week uh, to get a thing done and to make sure that, you know, we have dope shows to listen to and dope stuff to give you here in Chicago. But sometimes you need a couple of days to just not think about making something uh, to be able to have some good energy to come back to me when you have to go make a thing. Uh, so it's like you got it. You got to get yourself some time to step away from all the things and, and make sure that you're uh, taking some time for yourself. And I did that this week and it was really nice to be able to kind of sit back and actually enjoy other people doing stuff. Cause I feel like that's a part of the, 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 the ecosystem of being a content creator is like, you always think that you're behind and you always feel like you're not um, in the space where you're able to do stuff uh, quickly and efficiently and, and making sure you're like on top of everything. And sometimes it's not really helpful. Like you need to be able to take a step back and actually enjoy other people's stuff, like your friends and, and other people who are making cool stuff out in the world. Um, we had our last show last week or, or the week before uh, that talked all about Death Stranding. Uh, thank you to everyone who listened to that show, everyone who shared good feedback about not only the episode, but the uh, piece that I did in The Hollywood Reporter. So thank you, everybody who shared kind words about that stuff. I feel like it was um, it was really nice and helpful to be able to uh, get that stuff together and, and like listen to it and uh, get all the get all the goodies back about, you know, they felt like it was a good idea to write that piece. And the piece was pretty was pretty well received and people really dug the 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 angle that I hit the kind of uh, review from. So, again, thank you to everybody who looked and listened to all that stuff. Uh, and shared good feedback. And uh, it has been really cool to see people talk about the game now that it's been out for a week or so um, and be able to kind of share some experiences, which has been also super cool. Um, some of the other stuff that's been popping up around the world, um, huge shout out to the dopeness that is Rivals of Waterdeep this week, getting uh, getting in the New York Times, both in the online and in print form. Mass shout out to everybody on that team, uh, everybody doing really great work in the D and D space over there. So mad love and shout out to them, which has been really cool to see them pop off and get, uh, all the love that they, that they deserve because they are doing some fantastic work in that space. Um, and also just a lot of folks who have been rocking really hard in the past couple of weeks. I'm seeing so many folks putting out such great work. Um, it's been really nice to be able to, commiserate and to be able to give them the love that they deserve and give them shouts outs and shout outs and um, uplift the and spotlight what they're doing. Mad shout out to the folks over at OK Beast for for killing their extra life stream. Uh, they doubled up on their uh, on the total that they wanted to, to raise for extra life. So huge shout out to them. Big shout outs to our folks over at Kind of Funny for killing it and raising God knows how much money for extra life as well. Uh, we'll be talking more about what we're going to do in the charity space in the next couple of days and weeks. Uh, we're going to be doing our spawn for good again, uh, during Martin Luther King weekend. So we'll probably be doing it because Martin Luther King drops, I think like in the middle of the week, 
uh this week i mean this year or in 2019 or i'm sorry 2020 jesus christmas uh time is flying uh but we'll be doing it that weekend before um uh the actual date because that's the way it falls this year or, or next year uh, on the calendar so uh make sure you're checking out for that we're going to need a whole bunch of people for uh folks are going to stream with us uh we're going to be doing it again for vote writers uh so if you remember last year we raised over seven thousand dollars to uh give to them so that people can uh get their registrations out and registers for voting uh getting out in the world uh, and not letting voter disenfranchisement be a thing. So we're going to help those folks again this year. And then we're going to do another one later in 2020, right around the time the election happens. So please make sure that you're paying attention to my social feed over on Twitter and uh, the spawn on me one, because we're going to be doing a lot of stuff. We're going to need help. Definitely going to need some moderators uh, for not only that, but something else that I'm going to announce towards the end of the show. So keep it locked. Uh, make sure that you're paying attention to all that stuff. And uh, we're going to get right into the news and we're going to tell you a little bit about what the 411 is. So we have a lot of stuff to talk about in news this week. There's a lot of things that have happened in the past couple of weeks, especially because we took that week off. Uh, We missed some things that I don't know if we're going to go into specifically on this episode i think that maybe some of that will go into uh patreon content uh because i'm getting back on the patreon horse and making sure that we're rocking out super hard and giving folks over there with some more thoughts uh which is going to be the name the new name of the patreon content that we're going to push out to that side of the fence there's conversations around ninja basically saying cheating is okay depending upon who you are uh, and some other conversations around, again, a little bit of Death Stranding and some other stuff. So, you know, if you're not a patron, please make sure that you're paying attention to that stuff and locking in. We're going to, again, change some of the tiers to make it a little bit more accommodating for folks um, and be in kind of uh, dropping dropping the ceiling a little bit on where you'll be able to, to, to jump in and get content. So pay attention to that. But lots of cool stuff happened this week. Um, one of the coolest things that happened was Google doing their AMA about Stadia, which turned out to be a dumpster fire. It was unreasonably bad in terms of what they are trying to offer you at launch in comparison to what they talked about giving you when they first got out on stage and talked about all the things you'll get if you're a, uh, a person who's in that founders group who's going to be getting your, your, your Stadia stuff really early. Um, and I would also say that some of the best content to come out this week was over at Gamertag Radio with my boy Danny Pena and Paris Lilly, who went in upon in uh, about this whole stuff that I'm about to talk about because Paris was not happy. He's been talking about it on his Twitter feed super heavy for the past... <laughs> <laughs> for the past couple of weeks and it just got into like super ranty mode which i thought was pretty amazing and pretty funny uh if you want to listen to it so uh reddit reddit they went to an ama uh over there they had a representative kind of rocking behind the console uh giving people answers to stuff so some of the things that they talked about that they initially said were going to be at launch here are the things you're not going to wind up getting and it's a long list so stream connect, stream share, I'm sorry, state share and crowd play. That's not coming. 
so there are a lot of parts to that in and of itself. So it's basically going to be like you could be, be be able to see someone's uh, see someone playing and then be able to jump in in a co-op fashion or in a competitive fashion and do that stuff. Uh, being able to have a whole bunch of people in your in your groups uh, play together is not going to be there. State share, which was going to be basically like if you had a um, a save somewhere in a game and you wanted to share that with somebody else so that they could play it. That's not going to be there at launch. All those things are going to be there. Hopefully by the end of the year is what uh, a representative from Stadia uh, shared uh, and that some of those things won't even be coming until next year. Uh, Stadia's achievement system, that's not going to be there at launch. They said shortly after launch, uh, the ability to use existing Chromecast Ultras to play game, which is a huge problem. Uh, that won't be a thing. So the basic setup for Stadia right now is like you get a Chromecast Ultra in the box with your controller. And that Chromecast Ultra is the, basically the hub to get you into playing Stadia games. And there are also Chromecast Ultras that are already out in the world, but none of those are going to work yet with the system that they're telling you you need to purchase. So they didn't do like a firmware update that would let you do that work. They literally just said, hey, the ones that you have now are not going to do the stuff that you want it to do. So you need to just make sure you're buying the new one that's coming with the Stadia uh, in advance. Uh, that's pretty nuts to be able to say, here's some hardware that we know is going to have interconnectivity with what you're already using. And you can't use that thing as the, <laughs> as the go between, as the bridge between playing Stadia games, you have to buy new hardware for that. That's madness, especially when those things are already in the world. I don't know how they get away with that idea that you're going to have to go cop a new thing to make all that work. That's pretty, pretty nuts, to be honest. Um, so they said that that won't work yet. Uh, it says that there's some required update uh, updates in firmware that will be needed to stream the games. Um, and said that they will be updating it soon after launch, but they haven't given a, a date yet. One of the other things that was a huge uh, uh, selling point for Stadia was family sharing. And that was going to be able to, you know, have one account and then have everybody else use that account to, you know, buy games, to share games, to play games on. That will not be in the quote unquote box at launch either. Uh, you won't be able to share games on the service until later. They said it's a high priority, but they're planning to launch that early next year. Uh, buddy passes, which was the thing that Founders Edition uh, buyers were supposed to have. So buddy passes were basically like you give a friend three months of Stadia subscription to play with them at launch. But those but those buddy passes won't go out until a couple of weeks anyway. So even if you do cop it, you won't be able to play with any of your friends unless they have bought a version of Stadia or they have bought Stadia as well. Um, I don't know how, again, like that's one of those things that's just like really, really bad uh, for, 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 for a lot of people. Cause I think that's the thing you like word of mouth is huge. Once you have a thing and you're really excited about it, you want to show it off to your friends. You want to show it off to people who you care about who will one, maybe be an early adopter as well, but also, folks who really are excited about the process to be able to do it. Um, it is pretty crazy that they are just figuring out now that they're not going to be able to get that one thing done this close to launch, which is happening probably in another week or so. Um, and 
all these things again that that have been shared or talked about uh, previously um, in a way that was going to be here are the things you're going to get day one alongside a really not cool and not exciting game launch or I'm sorry launch lineup in terms of games everyone is really just down on this right now so the Stadia controller as well uh, some folks they said they may not be getting theirs either like the controller that goes along with it also maybe uh not coming in the box uh to be able to get the ones that they had paid for which is also a problem so alongside that alongside the fact that they currently don't have a ui for the for the for the system that's not just on mobile so you would think that there'd be a web ui you'd be able to go in and buy games you don't have that at launch either you need a mobile device which is more you need a mobile android android device as well it's not even like they have it on ios yet ios is still coming oh man i don't know what google is going to do about this particular launch like i've seen bad launches i've seen uh companies kind of come out with a half-assed product but google who has all the money in the world to make this right and to make this to make this go well on multiple fronts is botching this super hard. Now, mind you, I also understand that like to a certain extent, anytime you have a new product come out into market that you're going to need uh, first adopters and early adopters to kind of push the thing and sell it and share it. I don't know many early adopters who are really excited anymore. I'm still excited because I have a feeling about the potential of what Stadia could possibly be. And also it's not going to be my main gaming apparatus. It's not going to be the thing that I'm just using uh, for most of my gaming. stuff. this is going to be on the like fourth or third or fourth tier of stuff that I use. This is going to be the, the version of me hopefully getting some gaming in at work on my lunch break or something like that, or some other, some other version of, you know, playing in another room when uh, the TV is occupied or, you know, I can't get to stuff because other people are like coming over to hang out in the house and I don't want to talk to human beings. So I go in my other room <laughs> and go play some games over there. Um, but alongside a bad launch lineup with games that everybody already has, and you'd have to pay again to purchase those things. You have a subscription that's, that's down to, I forget how much it is, but the think Stadia pro will cost you like 10 bucks. You have all these issues with the way that uh, the founders additions and all the features that were supposed to be there are going to be gone until probably mid to mid to next year, sometime around there. Cause you figure it's going to take a while for them to get everything together. I am not sure who this is for. I don't know how you come back from this bad of an effort where you can't even, you can't even get people the consoles that they already paid for in the time frame that they did. There was somebody in the, in the AMA who basically was like, Hey, if you're in the Bay area, we'll, we'll, we'll basically hand deliver it to you since you're going to be disappointed if you didn't get it in the mail. Who in the hell is the, like, they're doing freaking Uber eats stadia. Like who is doing this thing? Like who are the people who are giving these folks this work to be able to do this instead of having your fulfillment stuff done in a, in a good and reasonable way. Like, I don't understand how badly you have botched this particular thing uh, so that no one is really excited for it. My hope 
And 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 I know that people were really really down on it, and I know that there's a lot of people who have pitchforks out already. Um, I still believe that the cloud situation is going to be real in the next couple of years. Like, I don't think that that's going away. I don't think the idea of us playing a lot of our games in this format is going to be one that's going to be far fetched. The thing that's going to be really difficult is going to wind up being uh, just how well they're going to be able to implement this stuff and how fast they're going to do it. And that's not even getting into the conversations around what your data is going to look like and data caps from your ISPs is going to look like. They've still not talked about any of the numbers that go along with how much data is going to wind up being used by the streaming service. We don't know, especially what it's going to look like if you're coming at it from a 1080p to, you know, 720p to supposedly 4k version of what that's going to look like. I am less worried about the process of them getting their stuff together in the next couple of months and what it, what it means for the kind of, you know, quote unquote, regular consumer who is going to go into this process thinking that they're getting one thing and they're going to get something totally different and then figure out the extra fees that are going to go along with everything that's going to happen once the whole process starts. That's going to be a hard thing to reckon, uh, reckon with uh, when you do that thing for the Christmas present that winds up screwing you on the back end because you now have to spend all this extra money uh, because of your data cap and because of all the other stuff that's going along with it. It is a crap show in the most ways that you can possibly think of. Um, I do think that, again, Stadia has a very interesting use case. I don't think again, that this is something for everybody. I really don't think it's for a lot of people, to be honest. I don't think that Stadia in general is going to be for most gamers in the way that they play stuff. We're still having conversations about, you know, if digital sales and digital games themselves are worth the price of admission because of what it does to your data, plus because of what we think about in terms of how big games have gotten just in terms of size. So that part of the conversation is still something that is being resolved and worked out and thought about in real ways. But now you're going to have this one company coming in uh, who's going to try to upend the the Apple cart and say, hey, we're going to go all in on this. So it will be a very, very, very interesting couple of months for Stadia. Um, I don't I don't think people need to be as um, heavy handed in their hate for it yet. I think most companies are trying to figure out how to work this in a real way. Uh, we don't, we haven't seen anybody do it well yet, to be honest. Like even, even the big companies like Gaikai kind of went underground with PS now, like PS now isn't a service. I think a lot of people are using, to be honest. I don't think people are super hype about, um, getting into the, getting into the, the PS now market in terms of playing and streaming games, which works well. But I also don't think it's the thing of like, this is my main version of gaming for this thing. Like I will do it because I'm feeding into game and I'm feeding to get some games in, but it's not my main mode of, of playing video games at this point. And I don't think it ever will, to be honest, until the infrastructure matches it until ISPs dump data caps, especially here in the U S um, or until, you know, regulation happens where 
gaming companies use lobbyists to kind of push towards getting them to dump all that stuff to begin with. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a good, uh, uh, boon for the conversation around net neutrality, but you know, again, we have to get people on board with that who have been fighting it for a very, very long time. So, uh, lots of cool conversations coming on, coming up for stadia folks. I am still copying mine. Mine is still in the mail. Uh, I should get it around launch. I'm hoping to check it out and play some destiny on it. Cause I'm damn sure not going to buy any new games on it yet. Because uh, all the games that are there, I already have. Uh, I do wonder what is going to be the thing that turns it around for them. Because I don't think that, again, this is going to be a short project for them. Like Google and Amazon have the uh, they they have the the history of dumping products that they don't like or that aren't performing well. I don't think you bring in Phil Harrison and Jade Raymond into a pro into a process and build out a uh, a team to make games if you're going to do this thing for a year and then dump it. Like, I, I just don't think that that's worth it for anybody involved to do that work and to get all those things together. I, I do wonder, though, what happens and what is the thing where you start to see people kind of look at it and say, this is not going to be viable and we need to start thinking about what the next thing or just dumping it because someone else is going to wind up doing it better. There's a lot of companies getting into the cloud services game and there's going to be a lot more that are going to kind of keep continue to keep doing that. Um, but you know, it's going to be really dependent upon how the consumer takes to it. And they haven't done a good job of being ambassadors to the space to be able to figure out what, uh, is going to be the thing that's going to push it forward. Um, so, We'll see how that's going to work. Um, I, I'm excited for the prospect of it. I just think they have done a really bad job on the PR side of getting that thing together. Um, one of the other stories that popped up this week uh, was really cool to see uh, the folks from Don't Nod, uh, the studio behind Life is Strange and Vampire, uh, making a new game that's kind of within the Life is Strange universe. And it's called Tell Me Why, which is a mystery adventure game about the unraveling of a troubled past uh, starring a pair of twins and one of whom is transgender. So I, I was watching the announcements, I think during XO19, um, and they had this really dope trailer. And I was like, OK, that, that looks like a don't nod joint. And it looks like another Life is Strange chapter. And one of the characters mentioned uh, that they were, uh, that they were trans. And it was interesting because it was something that just got kind of like rolled into the conversation, uh, because the character visually, visually represents as male, but talked about themselves as female. Um, and it perked up everybody's ears. Cause they were like, yo, what? Like, like, did that character just say that they were trans? Like what, what's happening right here? And then everybody was like, so we need to dig into this a little bit more. So the game Tell Me Why is going to drop uh, sometime next year. Um, and and uh, Don't Nod says that it is the first uh, trans lead character in a game. And that's pretty damn awesome. I am really excited for that being in the space. And I'm really excited for that being a part of the conversation. Again, it's taken way too long for this to be something that's been pushed into 
the gaming sphere like it's been something that folks have been talking about especially in that community for a very long time um and i'm really excited for it and i think uh, nick nick adams who's the director of transgender representation at glad um said that, that they're getting it right and taking care and trying to get it right um that they're raising the bar for future lgbtq inclusion in gaming um and that they uh the folks over at don't nod definitely reached out to them and also had folks who uh, were trans who helped to uh, advise and talk to them about what they should be doing and how to make that character as true to life as possible. Um, and I'm really excited for that. Like, I, I don't want people to, it's difficult because I've saw, I've seen some of the conversation already kind of turn negative around this because from a piece that Patrick Klepik put out, um, he was saying that, he reached out to some of the folks over at Don't Nod and said, you know, did you have any trans people working on the game specifically, not just advising and not just being folks who are sharing information with them about what you should do with a trans character in a game and how you should represent them. But like, do you have people who are who are trans in that space helping to make the game directly? And there were lots of different versions of answers that came from people on Twitter about why that might not necessarily be the case. And they didn't get, he didn't get a, uh, an actual yes about that from the folks, folks who don't nod. Um, which again, there are reasons why you may not ask those questions as an employer. There's reasons why, you know, some of those things not only are necessarily taboo, but also can bring up some legal action if you do. Um, but I do want to say, I think that the, thing that I'm most excited about and kind of to a certain extent of why people, why I kind of brushed off some of the, the like people being mad about it already was like, we don't know yet how the character is going to be portrayed. We have no idea if they're going to, if they've done a good or bad job yet. Um, I do want to give them props and kudos for doing what we, what like most people in the progressive space have asked people to do in gaming and which has been get people who understand what it's like and who are trans to be able to help you make the games that you're making. Of course, it, it's, it's even better if you have those people working directly on the game, but if you don't, then absolutely you should be talking to people who are affected in the ways by society that trans folks are and who can speak to that experience in the best possible ways. Uh, I just want, I, I'm, I'm, I'm less worried about the scuttlebutt about like, if it's right in the way that they went about it, I'm way more interested in hearing the conversations once the game comes out about how representation was uh, displayed and portrayed from people within that community who can give me the actual information about if they did a good job or not compared to folks who, who aren't in that community group. So um, shout out to don't nod. I'm really excited for them uh, kind of digging into this. I, I'm hoping that it gives me as a person who's not in that community, uh, the ability to be able to, uh, get a small glimpse of what it's like to live as a trans person and be in, in those spaces so that I can be better educated about what, um, I can do to help advocate and what I can do to help, you know, see what it's like from that perspective. I think that I think of that all the time when it comes to, blackness in games and, and, and all those things that go along with that. Like I want people to be able to speak to those things in, in good ways and, you know, not necessarily just be performative, but be, you know, 
inclusionary and be, you know, true to what some of that experience is like. So I'm really hyped for that. I'm really excited for the prospect of what that's going to look like, um, both in game form and in the conversation that's about to come in after that. I think that's the thing that's really going to be cool to be able to see if they nail it. Cause I think don't nod to a certain extent has done a good job in the games that they make of being honest and being truthful and being, um, being aware of some of the pitfalls that you can get into if you don't do those things right. And it feels like they have done a pretty good job within the life is strange universe. Um, of getting some of that stuff right. Like, yes, they've done some fridging in in the past and they've done some, uh, they've had some incidents that didn't necessarily hit the bar, but I feel like for the most part, they're doing pretty good work. Um, kind of building out worlds that are, that are ones that are similar to the ones that we live in. Um, and that's pretty great. Like I can't knock people for trying. I want people to keep trying. I don't want people to stop, uh, pushing and I don't want people to get stonewalled into, the argument space where you can't, you, there is no middle ground. It's only if you knock it out the park or if you fail, uh, it's the way we get through progress and the way that we make things better is that you fail. You have people come in and you help work on it, but you still have to push and you still have to tell those stories as much as you can. And you hopefully will have people around you and within your circles who can help you tell those stories better. So, uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to hit you back with the rest of spawn on me right after this. We are back. This is the Spawn of Me podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. Uh, we are talking all about the 411, giving you the 411, all the news of the week. Uh, to wrap up this part of the show, got to talk about what happened over in London, over at XO19. Microsoft knocked it out of the park, I believe. I will absolutely say I think they did a fantastic job of giving people a taste of what is supposed to be coming, not only for the end of this generation, but for the beginning of the new uh, Scarlet era. Uh, I think they did a pretty dope job of grabbing not only some some IPs that they already kind of knew about and, and had in the fold, but also showcasing some really cool new stuff that's going to be coming down the pipeline. Um, a couple of the games that really stood out to me were Everwild, which is a new IP from Rare. Um, it looks really, really cool. It just is a beautiful looking game with these kind of mysterious human and animal creatures. It, it, it seems like everyone is kind of digging into this painterly uh, uh, new version of Cell Shaded style that is this mix of 
kind of almost hyper realistic but also fanciful uh, uh artwork um it looked really pretty it was something that piqued my piqued my interest because it was really gorgeous uh grounded which is the new joint from obsidian which kind of has this like survival take on honey i shrunk the kids i thought that that was really dope like one it had a little black kid with a, with a little high top for a little high top fade which was cool uh so that automatically piqued my interest um but i'm always in for like cutesy art styles that mix up genres that aren't cute like survival games are not cute they're not fun sometimes they're actually kind of uh kind of rough uh if you want to dig into that but it was nice to be able to see this kind of like on the ground in the kind of most microscopic way uh gameplay where you're using the world around you to kind of help you survive in the in this kind of uh, backyard jungle uh that was really cool and shout out to obsidian for killing it this year they did they're doing such fantastic work out there uh bleeding edge uh that looked fantastic i had gotten a chance to play it and check it out at e3 this year and ninja theory is absolutely piquing my interest with what this looks like i i know a lot of people have been not necessarily down on it but they you know you can't but help do the overwatch comparison anything that's a character based shooter that possibly has classes in it everyone automatically wants to link that to overwatch which is uh, i guess it's fair like you know you can't be mad at it to a certain extent uh but i'm really excited for for that game to drop i think that a brawler in that way uh will be a lot of fun to get people together and 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 play it uh i know it's going to wind up being probably within game pass which we'll talk about in one second uh but it's definitely one of those things where ninja theory is kind of jumping back into the fray in a way that i didn't expect um and i still need more information about it but everything i've seen of it so far has been really entertaining um one of the things that we have all been really excited about jumping back into conversations about the cloud was project x cloud is going to be coming to pc and integrating uh, xbox game pass titles which is huge so you know stadia being its own thing the one that i feel like currently is the most close to being baked and being uh, ready for public consumption and use has been x cloud x cloud you know danny uh, over at gamertag radio did a fantastic job of showing showcasing it uh, over on Cheddar TV a couple weeks ago, uh, playing Halo on it. The combination of having not only being able to play games from your devices wherever you go, mixed with the fact that then you'll you'll also have Game Pass games within that ecosystem, which is already proving to be right now the best subscription gaming service that we have right now. I think it's currently game pass second is uh origin premiere and then third uh right now to me is probably ps plus if you want to think about services in that respect that's going to be a killer killer app uh once they get it and then we'll find out how they're going to integrate some of that stuff within uh scarlet and the ecosystem that's there which is also going to be really funky to be able to see um a couple of other uh, surprises that I found um, within that montage that they kind of shared during XO19 was Flight Simulator. Like, 
I didn't think that flight simulator was going to be a thing that I ever cared about ever in my life. I really kind of want to play fight, uh, flight simulator on my rig. Like the fact that you'll be able to use, uh, you know, real world maps to be able to do that stuff. Like I'll be able to hopefully fly over my own home and see what that looks like from a real perspective. Like that's kind of nuts and dope. Uh, I, I, I'm not to the extent where I'm trying to get a freaking Hotas and getting a whole bunch of uh, flight sticks and all that stuff. But for a game that I would have never played that is in Game Pass, everything now is just based on how much hard drive space I have, which is kind of dope. And, you know, my download speeds, right? It's like, how much how much of my data am I killing when I'm downloading all, this, all these huge games? But for the most part, I'm really excited at the fact that I'll be able to play a game like that and, you know, mess around in, in the skies like that. I think it's going to be cool and it's going to be really relaxing, uh, which I which I'm really excited for as well. I'm really hyped for um, the other thing that I was uh, pleasantly surprised by was uh, Crossfire X, which was a thing that I didn't really dig into at all. And I was waiting for them to tell us more about it. But they showed their first gameplay teaser, gameplay teaser, during XO19, and I've been looking for a game that is in that mix of like Mag, CS:GO, that's a, that seems a little bit slower and more tactical. Like I've been playing a lot of Modern Warfare, and Modern Warfare is slower, which I like because it helps me to camp. Haha, <laughs> but it's still super frenetic and there are huge problems with that game in and of itself. Right. Um, but this particular game looks like this hybrid version of CSGO that I'd be able to play. That's not just with my keyboard. Cause there is at a certain point, my mouse and keyboard skills have just not gotten there. I'm not there yet from that perspective. I've just never been that good. Uh, with mouse and keyboard. And I'm, I don't know if I'm ever going to really try to kind of move towards that direction um, in a real way. Uh, but seeing it got me really excited for it. It looks really pretty. Uh, it looks like the gunfights are going to be interesting and fun. Uh, I'm pretty hyped for that kind of stuff. So anytime you can do that, I'm, I'm down. Uh, another game that I didn't have any real information on was wasteland three. Like, I never played a Wasteland game, um, have been excited for the possibility of checking out something that's kind of more tactical on the RPG side of things, which I thought was really, really cool. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of hyped for that game to see where it's going to wind up landing. Uh, I don't know what else is going to happen with it because I haven't really been checking for it. Uh, but again, like any game that you can showcase as being you know, not only tactical, but being something that is kind of this top-down iso uh, isometric view. I love stuff like that. Like those are things that I, as game, as games that I like to play, are always amazingly fun and things that I that I care about. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for a lot of the stuff and and really hyped for a lot of the games that that are coming out soon. Um, I, I think it's. I think it's really, I think it's really awesome to be able to see companies kind of jumping out of their comfort zones a little bit. Um, I again am like telling people from the mountaintop that if you are not up on your Game Pass stuff, 
that you need to really pay attention to that. I have played, uh, let me think like two or three game pass games already that have been worth the price of admission. They've already been worth the money uh, that I've spent on the subscription. And I don't see that slowing down at all. Um, and the fact that they keep adding new pieces to that puzzle, uh, just makes it feel like, wow, I, whatever they figured out, they have like knocked it out of the park and I'm really hyped and excited for that, for that stuff. Like there's nothing that's going to slow that train down in a real way, uh, in a, in, a, in a long time. So, uh, once they get that together and we hear more about it and see how they're going to integrate that with Scarlet, then Xbox may be pushing really hard, you know, come next year. Like they may be, re- they may be knocking some stuff out of the park in ways that we didn't expect. And they might be back on the, on the good side of the fence, uh, in comparison to where they were in this generation. Like I know I was talking to uh, some folks behind the scene and they were like, you know, Xbox hasn't really come full circle in terms of sentiment, uh, in six, in six years or so, like it's taken them a while to get their legs back underneath them. Um, in a way where people are excited about it because of that Don Matrix stuff that happened in the beginning of the, of the, of the cycle. So, uh, to be able to see that is great. Uh, shout out to our Xbox folks who did a fantastic job, uh, during their mini press conference over at XO 19 shout out to Xbox Pope, who I saw rocking out there as well. Uh, if you are not familiar with Xbox Pope, uh, he did that fantastic mock-up of what a spawn on me Xbox console would look like. Uh, which I love and want to figure out a way to make real uh, if I can, because it looked really dope. So shout out to him uh, for always making such great work and uh, sharing his his love for all things Xbox in the world. Uh, before we get up out of here, going to talk a little bit about what we've been playing. So lots of stuff has been on the rotation this past week. Uh, I have been playing, oh boy, lots of lots of different stuff. So uh, I, my rotation currently is a little bit of a mix of fighting game stuff, um, a little bit of shootery business. Uh, now that I'm not doing anything for review currently, that's been nice to be able to dig into some other games that are just like on the periphery. Uh, things that I didn't get a chance to play. I'm digging through my my pile of shame list as well. Uh, so one of the biggest surprises that I've seen or had a chance to check out this year has been Need for Speed Heat. Mind you, that is not a thing that I would have thought I've been saying on the show. I am not a huge driving fan. I am not a huge driving fan, especially of simulation driving games. Those things just don't do any, anything for me. But... Need for Speed Heat is pretty freaking dope. Like one of the first things I always think about are, you know, how pretty is it? Because like Need for Speed games have kind of always doubled down on pretty. Pretty means a lot to me. Like I, it's not the main thing. But like I want you to play well first. That that means a whole bunch. But when it comes to driving games, it's like how pretty are the cars? How does the how does the the track look? How does the city look? And they've nailed whatever this faux South Beach, Miami kind of vibe is. And I don't mean that just in the case of what it looks like, but what it sounds like. They are dropping some dope, like, 
I've not seen a soundtrack sound like this in a long time. They're digging into all variations of Latin music that you never hear if within games. Like it's very rare that you hear that stuff. The only time you hear any of that stuff is when you're in games that are kind of based in a region uh, with has uh, uh, military folks taking it over and trying to colonize it. It's the only time you actually hear music of people who you don't hear that's just hip hop music or that's just, you know, scores that you hear or anime music or any of those things. It feels like they took the time to go through uh, and dig out some really fantastic music. And that to me is really important when it comes to the conversation around representation, right? Like if you're not paying attention to the way that people uh, consume music like that, then you need to be able to take a step back and say like, how is this representing what we do uh, with our game? And of course they have the, the kind of usuals. There's some two chains joints on there. There's some Diplo joints. There's some BJ Chicago kid or the Chicago kid stuff in there. Um, but I was really excited at the fact that they had like reggaeton stuff in there. They had, you know, Colombian joints, uh, like Bomba Estero. Uh, they had all those cats in there. They had, uh, uh, some Havana, Havana R and B rap stuff in there. Like those things to me are what make a game like this worth it. Like it's a really, it's a really weird thing to say, but like the first characters that you see who come up, even when they show you like who you can pick from, like it has this really nice, uh, mix of folks that I would hope to want to see in those areas and places that I would want to go. And I feel like that was like really dope. It's like great to be able to hear whole soundtracks in Spanish, not know what the hell is going on in terms of my vocabulary because my Spanish is bad, but just to feel like those are parts of the ecosystem that are within the world itself, which is, which is fantastic. I like give them props for it. And again, that wouldn't have been a thing that I would have purchased, but I have origin premiere and I was like, Oh snap, I can just download this. Like I will totally just download this. Um, so alongside that and the game, the game feels really good. Like it feels really fun. Like I'm starting to dig into the story, which I'm not sure is going to be great. Uh, usually those stories aren't great, uh, but I'm starting to go through the process of it. And it has a little bit of uh, uh, fast and furiousness, but of course most driving games that are in that space have a little bit of fast and furiousness in it. Um, I am also looking for someone who is great at making liveries to make our spawn on me logo in Need for Speed Heat. It would be really dope to have a Need for Speed ride with the new Spawn on Me logos on it somewhere. It would be really, it would be fire. I can't front. If you know how to do that stuff, hit me up in my DMs. Uh, we'll figure out something because uh, I've, I've always wanted to do that and have it in a, in a real way. Anyway, um, last thing that I've been playing in a semi-real way, I just started Star Wars Fallen Order. Um, Anybody who knows me knows that I am not a Star Wars fan. Uh, I am not a huge Star Wars uh, lover in any form or fashion. And I heard a lot of scuttlebutt around, you know, is the game going to be good? Does it feel like a proper Star Wars game? Uh, does it feel like it's going to kind of uh, supplant some of the other games? Because most Star Wars games aren't great. The thing that has blown me away, to be honest, because I'm playing it on PC, is one, just how gorgeous this game looks. Respawn has knocked it out of the park in terms of visuals. 
it is one of the most beautiful games I've seen this year. Uh, and I, and as a person who is not huge on Star Wars lore or any of those things, it does feel like they are absolutely nailing the Star Wars-ness of it, uh, which is great. Uh, so far the character is a little bit boring, but I, again, I'm like super in the beginning, beginning phases of it. Um, lightsaber stuff feels okay. Uh, movement is a little bit weird. Like it takes a lot. It takes a lot of me jamming on the L3 button. Uh, cause I play with a controller to get that character to run. So there's a little bit of jank in it. And I've heard some people talk about, uh, be it, there's some problems with the way it's been running for some folks, especially if you're playing it on console. Um, but so far my time with it has been, has been phenomenal. The thing that is the most, uh, compelling part of it is that this is a souls game in a lot of ways. It's like a weird mashup of uncharted platforming and jumping around and traversal mixed in with a souls game where you're like dodging and locking on to characters and then trying to figure out how you can maneuver around them and do all that stuff. It feels so far that the movement is going to be the biggest issue. It doesn't feel like I've learned enough of how to gauge when I'm dodging and how much spacing I have with the, with the way that my uh, lightsaber is going to work. I feel like the, the thing that souls games do really well is that you have a different set of tools for fighting various kinds of uh, enemies. And so far it doesn't feel like I've nailed that part yet uh, where I know the length of my lightsaber to enemy ratio um, in a good way yet. And I'm still trying to figure that out. So uh, that's what I'm hoping to uh, figure out in the next couple of game sessions. And I'm thinking about streaming some of that stuff uh, because I think that there's going to be a lot of fun to be had there. I'm really hyped about the process of getting better at that game though. Like I've put it at the, um, what's the, what's the level? It's like the third level of difficulty where, uh, it's a, it's like a fine balance between, how much your parry window is and you know enemies hitting as hard as they can so i'm like right in that middle middle space where all those things are kind of all together and they're in the same uh they're at the same level because um, there's various different difficulty levels and those sliders will change based on which one you are picking so like if you pick the kind of story based mode like your parries or parry window is huge and you can parry pretty much anything but then if you're on the hardest level that parry window is is really small so, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what this world is going to look like. I am actually really kind of hyped for a star Wars game. And I didn't think that that was going to be a thing I'd ever say out loud. Uh, shout out to Charles, uh, <laughs> CSLR, uh, out there who, and, and, in Paris who always call me, uh, star Wars haters, but yeah, I'm going to dig into that game. I'm going to play more of it. I'm going to see where it lands. And then, uh, Lots of people who have been given respawn massive props for putting out two fantastic games within a year in Apex Legends and then this new Star Wars joint. So we'll see. Uh, I will continue to talk about it. I'll bring it up in the next show and see what we're at uh, and see how things drop uh, and then talk about it from there. But yeah, we have a lot of cool things uh, coming in store. You've noticed within this episode that there have been some changes in the way that our format has transpired and has translated into some of the new things we're going to be doing here. That's going to also translate into 
how you visually see our show represented on Twitch. Um, we have some interesting surprises coming for you and we have some really dope guests coming up as well. Um, at the time of this dropping the night that the, the day that this drops, we're going to be recording with the man, the myth, the legend and the rest of the crew over at brass line entertainment, Manveer air who is, who has just made his own new studio brass lion entertainment. Their first game corner wolves is going to be coming out. We're going to be talking to the whole team on Twitch uh, over at uh, twitch.tv slash spawn on me at 7 p.m. PST. And then again, we're going to be drinking, uh, bringing some bangers and we're going to have on the front page of Twitch on the 21st. So that Thursday, we're going to be rocking the front page of Twitch and they're going to be hanging out with the one, the only diehard man himself, Tommy Earl Jenkins, who will be joining us here in Bracago on Spawn on Me, on the front page of Twitch, rocking hard, talking about everything Death Stranding. Uh, so I'm unbelievably hyped about that episode. I have been trying to nail this thing down for a minute. Uh, and to be able to get that, get that big get right at the beginning or ending of the, the, the game being out. Um, I am, I am so hyped right now. I'm really excited. Cause I was like, yo, this black dude in this game, he did a damn good job. I want to get him on the show to talk about all that stuff and talk about one of the best games, at least that I've, that I think the one of the best games of 2019. So make sure you're coming through and hanging out with us, uh, both nights. Cause we're going to stream on both nights on Tuesday. Uh, and on Thursday, the 21st, uh, again, Brass Lion Entertainment, Corner Wolves, and we're going to have Die Hard Man, uh, Tommy Earl Jenkins, rocking with us exclusively on Swanomy. So, mad love to you all in Bracago. Uh, huge thank you to Corey McMaster uh, for providing and, and, and making the bumpers for our new show. Uh, it's been fantastic working with him. He's been a baller as uh, a compatriot to help us figure out how to make some of the new stuff sound really dope. Um, and then we have some cool visuals coming as well in the next couple of weeks that are going to go along with some of those audio bumpers as well. So mad love to you all uh, again, make sure you're checking out our stuff uh, here on spawn me on all podcast networks. Make sure you're checking us out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash spawn me hitting up our patreon patreon.com slash spawn me as well uh check out our merch because uh, a lot of folks have been copying merch which has been fantastic and also if you go to spawn on.me or spawn me.com which is our homepage, uh please scroll down to the towards the bottom of the page and subscribe to our newsletter uh, i've been putting out a, a bi-weekly newsletter episode or issue two will be coming out this week uh, and I haven't figured out exactly what the topic is going to wind up being, but the last one we talked all about how to get dope music within your content. Um, and not in the ways you usually think you don't need to necessarily go to a website and buy a subscription to be able to make cool music for your podcast, for your videos or any of that stuff. So if you have not already signed up for that, make sure you're heading over there and signing up, uh, at our subscription sign up on the site. And, uh, yeah. Oh, as always, it's been my pleasure to rock with y'all. It's been fantastic to talk to you all this week and every week. Massive love to you all in Bracago, and we will see you all soon.
The Spawn on Me podcast can be found every Tuesday on all podcast platforms and Portland Radio at xray.fm at 107.1 slash 91.1. You can find us live every Thursday on twitch.tv slash Spawn on Me. If you want to reach out to us on the show, you can hit us up on our site, spawnonme.com, where you can find all our social media information about our Twitter, Instagram, and everything else alongside our contact page if you want to reach out and shoot us a message or a business inquiry. Much love to you all. Thank you so much for listening every week. And we say peace.